Take your Bible tonight to the book of Proverbs. In your Bible, the book of Proverbs, chapter number 15 this evening. Proverbs, a great book. Just a great, great message for us tonight. If you'll look there, this is uh, our family and home month, and God instituted the home. We found out why God instituted the home. We've also discovered the intricate workings of the home. And uh, so I'd like to talk to you tonight about when everything's not going right. I know all of you can leave because that never happens at your home. Amen. I know no one here tonight ever developed hoof and mouth disease. Open mouth, insert foot, right? Hmm? How many of you ever said something and all of a sudden you happen to think, man, I wish I hadn't said that. Anybody here like that? Let me talk to you tonight about uh, uh, dealing with desperate households. Desperate households. You say, mine's not there. Stick around a while. You got kids? They're there. They're not teenagers yet? Wait. You're going to be blessed. Right? And uh, after they're teenagers, it's not over. I just was shouting glory, hallelujah. When all of my kids, I could see them going out the driveway, well, written across the rearview mirror uh, window, just married, we're leaving. Then I watched them turn right and right into the drive next door. That didn't do me a whole lot of good. You know what I mean? All right. You know, I'm just playing now. I needed to say something to cheer Brian Cone up. He looked like he was down the dumps over there. Going to heaven, ugly as he is. And he ought to be praising God. Proverbs chapter 15. I want to talk to you tonight about some real serious things. Verse 1 of Hebrews chapter number 15 is a tremendous verse. We all should take it to heart a soft answer. Turneth away wrath. A soft answer. Turneth away wrath. But grievous words... Stir up anger. Words are capable of making another person very angry. To the extent that harmful things can be said, harmful deeds can be done. So just as a springboard, we'll begin with that verse We'll skip down to verse number 13. And the Bible says, A merry heart maketh cheerful, maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. There's one thing I as a parent have always tried to do. And that's not to break the spirit of my children. I 
discipline their disobedience, praise their achievements, but never break their spirit. For years I hunted and trained champion blue tick dogs. I've sent several on ahead just because in case there's a coon hunting in heaven. But in training a dog, training a horse, training an animal, or training a kid, the worst thing you can do is break their spirit. You'll see them when you talk to them and their head is hung low. You'll recognize it when you walk up to a dog and he sticks his tail between his legs and droops his head. You can tell it in any animal when the spirit is broken. You break a spirit through punishment. You encourage the spirit through discipline. How many men has a misconception? Well, I'll just beat the tire out of you. Okay. We'll see how that turns out. This is the biblical principle that we need to embrace. The heart of him, verse 14, the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. But the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns. But the way of the righteous is made plain. How many wives were conned during courtship, not realizing the thorns that was in that attractive bush. And then when I do takes place, the true varmint arrives. That will work on both cases, male and female. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, 
But a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without, a, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word, a word spoken in due season, how good is it? The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, and he will establish the border of the widow. Now, our Father, tonight, we want to just take these verses and apply them to our homes, our lives, our attitudes, our jobs, our employment, wherever it might be, wherever we represent you. And I pray you'd help us tonight, Lord, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice in the text that we read just a few words. If you be all right, you'll notice in the passage some negative words that I'd like to bring out. Verse 13. Look at that verse. Verse 13, and we find there the word sorrow of the heart. The spirit is broken. Sorrow. Look, if you would please, in verse 15, we find another word. And in verse 15, all the days of the afflicted. Afflicted. Notice also in verse number 16, a Bible, the Bible said, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Notice verse number 17. Better is a dinner of herbs with love than a stalled ox with hatred. These negative words are might be there for a reason. Verse number 18, if you would please. A wrathful man stirreth up strife. Strife. He that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Notice again in verse number 22, another verse. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Now these words are synonyms for stress and tension. You don't have to be in a home long without you feel something strange. A tightness. Strife. Something not quite right. We can blame it on the kids. We can blame it on the pets. Or we can blame it on each other. But these words are very descriptive of many homes that's filling our churches on a regular basis. Sorrow, affliction, 
trouble, hatred, strife, disappointment. They represent those times when the string gets a little bit too tight. And then it snaps. Doors slam. Inconvenient words are used. Feelings are hurt. And that what used to be a happy environment is now filled with tension and anger. I'm being descriptive because I know you don't understand what I'm talking about. It's kind of like when you take a guitar string and you stretch it and you put tension on it. And you say, just one more revolution will be enough. Boom! It's broke. Do you know anybody's marriage that ever... Has experienced any of that? If you do, you can tell them to buy this tape. Because I know no one here has ever experienced any of that. But I thought just in case you might stumble upon someone that's going on, going through these things. Many of our relationships at the home, in our homes, are kind of like... Filling up a balloon. And you want it just a little bigger. And there's always room for just a little bit more. Boom. Maybe like standing on a volcano that has not erupted. But you can feel the rumbling of the earth. Everything looks smooth, but just a few hundred feet below the shaking is a tremendous amount of explosive fire and destruction. Did you know that there is an act of domestic Violence every 15 seconds in America. Ever 15 seconds as the clock passes by. An act of domestic violence occurs. To me that's scary. One fourth of all the marriages... One-fourth of them, violence occurs at least occasionally. Twenty percent of all murders take place within the family. That's frightening to me. Thirteen percent of all the marriages 
that experiences violence, 15% of all the homicides are between spouses. You know, I used to say it's a jungle out there. But now I have to say the jungle's in here. Within marriages in America. Stress in the home is like putting sand in machinery. It begins to wear away each other till the machinery don't work anymore. You say, why are you talking like this? So that we might wake up to the fact that we might need to do some things at home. You say, well now preacher, this is not very exciting. Neither is divorce. Neither hearing your mate say, I can't stand you any longer. Uh, it's a serious situation. Our church will only be as happy as our homes. And our church will only be as solid as our homes. There's no families here tonight that has not made mistakes. There's not a man, not a woman here tonight that wished they could have taken back something they said, did, or went years ago. So there's no holy Joes in here tonight. We're just all Joes that needs a lot of holiness. So tonight, I thought I'd just drop by and try to help you get some of the sand out of the machinery. Before that sand grinds and grinds until there's nothing left but just an old life broken and without hope. You say, preacher, what, uh, how can we reduce the stress and tensions in our home? Ginge and I has only had one argument I mean, how long have we been married? 50 years, I think? 39? I only thought it was 25. It just slipped away so fast. We've only had one argument. It's lasted all that time. Yeah. How about you? Sure, there's been good times. I bet there's been those others too. There have been kind words, but I bet there's been those other words too. There's been soft and sweet words, but I bet there have been harsh, loud, and unkind words also. So I'm trying to help those that are married and prevent those of you who are thinking about it. Of not marrying, just not getting in trouble, all right? <laughs> Two or three kids passed out right then. I want to give you a couple of three things that I've learned over the years. 
Just a couple of things. Now, tonight, I don't think there's any cut and dried deal. I don't think there's any way to prevent things from transpiring. But there are ways to prevent things from remaining and grinding the machinery out of existence. How can we reduce the stress and tension in our homes between each other? Can I give you one and you're going to you're going to just think this is silly. Folks come to my office and and Tell me things that uh, in counseling and helping. Tell me things they look at me as if I'm surprised when they tell me what they're telling me. But you get my age. Probably one of those laps around the barn you experienced or heard what they're trying to tell me. So I'd like to help you at the house with your mate, with your kids, with your grandkids. Let's fix it. The first thing I can do around my house to remove the tension and the anxiety and the stress that this world, television, the media, and everybody else would like to put on my home. Number one, we need to learn to laugh. You say, that's silly. Then why did God incorporate it in his word? Look at verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Verse 15, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Learn to laugh. Nothing wrong with having a good time. Being a Christian does not mean you've got to be miserable all the time. It's fun being saved. When I was in evangelism, I used to pull up to a church... Have a huge motor home and a gray and black Chevrolet pickup truck with a riser kit on it and a dog box in the back of my truck with two coonhounds in the back of my truck. You say, well, what did the church think about that? I never did ask them. 
And I was usually there a whole week and they didn't even know the dogs were there. And I would take men out hunting after the revival service. Many times 10, 15 men. You'd never imagine how many times after a week revival meeting, how many men would say, Man, I didn't know you could have this much fun being saved. And if it wasn't saved when we turned the dogs loose, they were usually saved before we got the dogs back. God told them if they didn't get saved, I'd leave them in the woods all night and they didn't know which way it was back to the house. They said, oh, that's what it means being saved. I said, yes, that's right. Do you know it's fun being saved? Look at chapter 17 and verse 22. Maybe I could pitch a caution out to you. Chapter 17 and verse 22, if you would please. Learn to laugh. A merry heart doeth good. Like what? But now I know this. But a broken spirit drieth the bone. Broken spirit? Enthusiasm gone. Broken spirit? Zest is all gone. Broken spirit? Head hung low. Broken spirit will not look you in the eye. Broken spirit, happiness all gone. How many folks have forgot how much fun it is being a Christian? Because after all, we demand three times a week to church. Who knows? We preach against everything except bubble gum. A broken spirit. Do you know any Christians whose enthusiasm weaning away? The excitement of serving the Lord. With great anticipation, we're looking forward to the coming of Christ. I think maybe we need to teach our families how to laugh again. Let me give you three very important things we ought to give to our families. Now get it. We ought to give to our children and our families life, love, and laughter. I love laughing, not at my family, but with my family. It's entertaining to me to watch six grandkids, all of them trying to get Granna to do the same thing at the same time. And I, it just cracks me up. 
each one of my children, I've tried to do this. I've tried to live right before them and love them with all of my heart and teach them how to laugh. Sometimes my kids laugh at me. Sometimes they laugh with me. Sometimes they laugh even in respect of me. Can I give you three rules we ought to have in every home in our church? Three rules. Number one. Be fair. Be fair with your kids. Be fair with your wife. Be fair with each other. Be fair. Don't expect too much. Now, I've got some algebra problems that Ben's going to do for me when I get home because I can't do them myself, but Ben's going to do them for me. When he gets through with that, he's going to feed the chickens. Although it'll be so dark he can't find the feed pen, but he's going to fight and feed the chickens. Then he's going to feed the dogs. And then we got a horse. Cowboy needs to be fed tonight, sometime before 12 o'clock. And then we've got about 10 acres we need to mow. So tonight, before 1 o'clock, Ben's going to mow that yard. That's God, if he wants to eat my biscuits and us take him to McDonald's, that's just exactly what he needs to do. That's not too much to expect of a 10-year-old boy. But how often do we expect that much out of our kids? Be fair. Just be fair. Is anything wrong with being fair with your kids, with your wife? Be fair. Second thing, be firm. Be firm. I never had any doubt in my life when my dad said, come here, he meant after a while. <laughs> my dad whipped me three times in my life. I was dreading the fourth. His, his voice was huge. He was firm, but he was fair. He didn't expect more out of my mother than she could give. He didn't expect more out of me on the farm. Well, on second thought. <laughs> Early in the morning, we'd sharpen those gooseneck hoes and go across the hill into that tobacco patch. And he'd say, now son, I'm going to go to the post office. I'll be back in a little while. You go ahead and start chopping those weeds. He wasn't far to the post office. You took him about half a day to get turned back. Guess what I was doing while he was going to the post office? I was chopping weeds. But I never did question him when he got back. Where you been? I wanted to be fair. And alive. That would help a lot. Be firm.
Be fair. Be fun. Ah, isn't that deep? But how many of us fail? It's all we need to do to relieve some of the tension in our homes is just be fair, be firm. Some of us need to tighten up on, Dad, why did you ask me to do that? I never asked my dad that. I didn't learn those words till I got out of high school. Why? I, I, I just, it didn't work at my house. Why? Ah. I didn't want him to explain to me why. Huh? Is anybody here? And it's fair for daddy, who's been around all these years, to ask a kid that just got here lately to do this, and that kid who don't have all his teeth yet knows how to say why. Be firm. Say it once. That's enough. Don't need to go over it 75 ways. We don't need a dictionary to interpret. Be fair. Be firm. And be fun. Learn to laugh. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with my family. My wife and I have a lot of fun. I'm glad we have more fun than those other times. Because that makes us want to come back for more. Amen. I'd rather spend time with my wife than anybody in the world. I really would. She waits on me hand and foot. I don't have to ask her to do it. She just does it because I'm such a great guy. Because I'm so funny. How many have you ever heard this phrase? I fell in love with him because he was so funny. Or he was so much fun. I bet you've heard it. I bet you never heard I fell in love with him because he's a gripey gut. His, brink, his breath stunk. And he didn't know how to comb his hair and he didn't brush his teeth. But I'll tell you what I'll bet. I'll bet you've heard her say he was so much fun. Why would we quit that which God used to catch him? Dr. Curtis Hudson said, If we treat them after we bury them like we treated them before we married them, we will always be married. And ain't that the truth? But we start taking one another for granted. Speaking in harsh words. Quit laughing. And start griping. And we lose. The battle. And the devil wins the marriage.
I need to, well, it's time to go. What else can I do to help with this tension that's in marriages? And, and, and after you're married a while and after you get older for a while and after things starts breaking down a while and you look in the mirror and you're sure not excited about what you're looking at, things begin to creep in and cause resentment and tension like the words I mentioned sorrow and affliction trouble hatred disappointment what do you do? we learn to laugh again number two we cultivate contentment contentment I think when my wife and I got married, honey, were you about 26? Is that what? How old were you? Huh? About that, 26. I was about 36. About. She's not 26 any longer. And I'm not 46 any longer. Things has happened to us geographically. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) We need to learn to laugh again. (laughs) Better than crying, I guarantee it, right? Shut up, Jim. Look at verse 16 and 17. I'm just not whistling in the breeze. It's in there. Verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. Verse 17. Better is a dinner of herbs with where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. With the advertisements that we watch, the come on commercials that we are absolutely bombarded with, it is easy. To want just a little more. A little better. A little bigger. One that's not from Walmart, but from one of the higher echelon department stores. We could carry our purse. No. You could carry your purse. In a brown paper bag. But we're not going to. They sell purses at Walmart. 
Uh, we could drive older cars. We could uh, fix a lot of things that we just buy new. If our contenter was not broken, Philippians 4.11 says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith be content. For many years, my wife, Jim probably remembers this, and some of you others have been here a long time. She drove a Dodge pickup truck, a maroon one that had that ram on the hood, up on the hood. Well, these staff members that I hired that has no love at all in their heart for their pastor and their wife, they'd go out and raise that ram up and turn it around so it was looking at ginger in the window. Among other things they used to do to us. I made my wife drive that truck to keep from offending you. We waited to buy vehicles like you drive. To keep from offending. And we were very content. We. As a church need to. Be careful. Because. If we lose our contentment. The Bible says in having food and raiment. Let us therewith be content. Americans are not content. I don't care how much money President Biden sends American people. They'll want just a little more. And they'll do anything to get it except work. Hebrews said, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Jesus warns us, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he has. Paul encourages us, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and it's for sure we'll take nothing out. And then Paul says, but they that would be rich fall into divers' temptations.
Let me give you, in closing, a couple of home wreckers. Materialism. Credit. Success at any cost. I want it, I want to get it, even if I can't pay for it. Home records, covetousness, materialism, mismanaged finances, impulse spending, impulse buying. You don't walk into a department store that they're not trying to trap you. Thank God for recordings on television now. I always tape the program, then go back and rush through the commercials because I don't want to watch the dumb things. You say, that's cheap. No, that's wisdom. Because if I watch it, I'll probably want to buy the junk. Can any of you identify with what I'm talking about? Life can be fun. And junk don't make us happy. Amen? I wish I had time to talk about anger. Alleviate anger in your family. Alleviate anger. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. The Bible said, A wrathful man stirreth up strife. But it is slow to anger, appeaseth strife. Here's my advice. Listen, listen, don't say it. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say it. But he deserved to be taught. Shh, shh, chill out. Well, I'll straighten her out. No, no, you won't straighten her out. Just shut up. Be quiet. Alleviate. Shut it down. Don't say it. Don't do it. If you get mad instead of kicking your wife, go kick your neighbor's dog. That way he may see you and put the real whooping that you need on you. Amen. Alleviate anger. We don't have to be angry about everything. Life is good. Heaven's going to be wonderful. Democrats are not always going to run things. The Republicans have done worse than they have until they got here. It all didn't happen in the last 100 days. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh Uh-oh, I done broke the law. I shouldn't have said it. (laughs) Amen. Just don't say it. Let it go. Don't get mad about it. Have fun.
away before you buy it. Then walk in wisdom. That's it. Walk in wisdom. Verse 21. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. But a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors are established. Verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom for honor. Is humility. Walk in wisdom. Alleviate anger. Cultivate contentment. And learn to laugh again. And Jesus spoke this parable in Matthew 7. And there was a man who built his house upon the sands and the winds blew and the rains fell and the house fell but the wise man built his house upon the rock and the winds came and the winds blew, and the house stood, because he walked and built in wisdom.